Hi, listeners. Today's episode is a reminder that above all else, you need to strive for meaning in life. In your work, you, uh, you quote uh, Nietzsche quite a bit, his uh, line, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. What do you think he meant by that? What do you think? What, what do you think he meant by that? The same as I intended to convey to my readers and uh, students that the vision of a meaning ahead of someone, a meaning in wait for someone, to be fulfilled by someone, that this contributes most than anything else under equal other circumstances uh, for survival. Meaning is the most important thing in our lives? Certainly, because a, what I call a will to meaning, the wish to find and to fulfill meaning, is the basic motivation in human beings. Well, this certainly runs counter to much of the determinist notions that are uh, being bandied around these, about these but days as man is a machine, man is a computer, man is a product of instincts. Man is something like a rat in experiments, psychological experiments. Of course, you're right. But uh, not only against it, the so-called deterministic uh, concepts of man, but also regarding the motivational theories of uh, certain psychotherapeutic systems. Let's talk for a minute about um, logotherapy, which arose out of this notion of a search for meaning. Logotherapy as one among other types of psychotherapy is, we may say, a meaning-centered psychotherapy. Inasmuch particularly as logotherapy sees you, a human being not predominantly determined, not to say dominated, by the will to pleasure, as you uh, were mentioning, nor by the will to power along the lines of Adlerian teachings, but basically, fundamentally, by a will to meaning. That is to say, the desire, the impulse, to find, to discover in life, or better to say, in each life situation, concrete life situation confronting someone, the desire to find a meaning therein and, going, and to go on to fulfill it. I was very intrigued. One, one of the most surprising things I've read recently was that uh, you said that when you talked to European students, only 40% said they had suffered this sort of inner void. And yet, 81% of American students experience the same thing. This was now decades we ago. We think of it just the opposite. We think of the Europeans as being buried under this existential dread and, and sense of purposelessness, and, and Americans as being might, optimistic and upbeat. However it might be, whether the one or the ones or the others uh, are suffering more uh, or less respectively from this existential vacuum. The ones who seem to suffer less uh, should not look at the others with contempt, but look at the others with compassion and uh, look for anything possible to help the others. 
Now this void manifests itself as in apathy, apathy, in boredom, lack of initiative, lack of interest, interest in the, with the world or initiative in changing something within the world for the better. This frustration is a, a proof of the existence of a will to meaning. Unless we were imbued by will to meaning, by the wish to find meaning and discuss, discover and uh, fulfill meaning in life, we never would be able to experience an inner void. So this is in a way also something positive. Now you've listed three types of values, creative values, experiential values, and attitudinal values. And you may find a meaning, the average man, the man on the street or the woman on the street, may find a meaning <clears throat> day by day in doing a deed, in creating a work, and... That's the creative. Creative, and in experiencing something, the beauty, the truth as a researcher, or uh, the, the good in dealing with people as a teacher or whatsoever. There's an extraordinary moment in um, <coughs> Man's Search for Meaning where you talk about being in one of, the, one of the Nazi camps and all of you going out to look at a sunset. Is that Exactly. This is a paradigm <coughs> of experiential values, of finding a meaning in experiencing without doing anything, without achieving or accomplishing anything, but just in giving oneself the immediate experience of something, go, say, beautiful going on in the world. Okay. This is the second avenue. But there is also a, um, a, 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 another aspect <coughs> of experiential values. <coughs> Excuse me. Not only <coughs> experiencing something, but also experiencing someone. More than that, experiencing another human being in his or her very uniqueness. And it is the main attribute of a human being that he is a person in contrast to any animal. He is a person and a person is always something absolutely unique, irrepeatable in the uh, evolution of the cosmos as it were, incomparable with any other human being. And this uniqueness can be get, got hold of solely by a loving person, because he not only sees the essence, but also the potentials in the beloved person, thereby, as I put it before, promoting him, alleviating it to reach out to attain this potential and to fulfill and thereby actualize also himself, but not by preaching self-actualization. It's nonsense. Self-actualization can only fall into your lap automatically once that you have fulfilled a concrete meaning, done the best of a situation. Then you actualize yourself as a byproduct. Let's talk about the third set of values, which is the uh, attitudinal, the idea of uh, choosing how to respond to suffering. Choosing the attitude. Yes. Yeah. If there is no possibility in a given situation to uh, fulfill the meaning of a situation by uh, giving oneself to the experience of beauty and so forth. Nor to, uh, if you have lost the capability to do your job, to do your work, 
even then there is an ultimate possibility to find and fulfill meaning, fulfill meaning. Not only the ultimate, it is even the potential to fulfill the deepest meaning to attain the highest values. By the, your approach to the, given, uh, to the situation, a tragic or tourist situation confronting you. You said that um, uh, in part of the initial shock of being put in a death camp was, there, was, ex was ultimately an acceptance that we knew we, we knew we had nothing to lose except our ridiculously naked lives. Is that the situation that they're in? In a it, way, is this when you is this when you make the choice of how you're going to your last value choice is how to react to the situation? You stand there, you stood there naked, with nothing you could have had, but all the more what counted and mattered was what you were, being rather than having possessing anything, or or uh, the the being. So it, what counted was what you make out of this situation, with what attitude you, you adopt in the given situation. And there is a multitude, a, a wealth of possible attitudes to how to approach it. So we have to decide. The ultimate, I would take it, attitudinal value challenge that we all share is how we're going to face death. How do you prepare people for that? How do you prepare yourself for that? Uh, I couldn't prepare anyone else unless I, unless I would have prepared uh, myself. Because you are, if you are a psychiatrist, your patients feel exactly whether or not you are really convinced of what you are teaching and telling them. Now, I'm convinced that in contrast to the usual aspect, the albeit sound aspect to life, and more, more specifically to the past, to life's transitoriness, and this includes uh, that we approach, each of us are approaching death. In contrast to that, I maintain that in the past, nothing is lost, but right on the contrary, Everything is stored forever. It is not annihilated by transitoriness, but on the contrary, it has been, it is becoming preserved forever. Something you have done can never be undone. Something you have experienced, something you have even experienced in a negative sense, uh, going through suffering. And if you have, for instance, if you have suffered, gone through this suffering, Honestly, courageously, and with dignity, who in the world, what, what in the world can deny, can annihilate this? What you have done has been done forever in both ways, in a negative as in a positive way. It cannot, it cannot be undone. And the past is a storehouse of what you have done, what you have experienced, what you have gone through, and what you have done out of all the negative and tragic aspects as even encountered within your life. I want to thank you for being on the show. And I want to thank you at home for watching.